Welcome to the Trade Waiters, everybody. Uh, today's episode, what is today's episode on? I don't know, stuff. <laughs> what stuff in particular? Uh, you know, comics. <laughs> uh, we read some Archie comics, specifically uh, the first two volumes of the 2015 Mark Wade and various artists run. And this was Kay's pick, so do you have... A character building question. I sure do. Who is your favorite Archie Comics character and why? (laughs) I expect a 3,000 word essay (laughs) on my desk by Monday. (laughs) First, I have to say that this is the first Archie comic I've ever read. I know know that's shocking. Did they not have grocery stores where you grew up? (laughs) Um, They did. I have seen Archie Comics. They've been in my world. Since before I was paying attention, but for whatever reason, I just never read any. Interesting. Um, Did your brothers read them? No, no. no. Dalton Household was a no Archie. I guess so. Not through any plan, but that's how it worked out. Intriguing. Um, So my understanding of these characters is just through sort of the the atmosphere in the world, sort of the zeitgeist of whatever. But after reading these books, I'm going to have to say Jughead. Solid Easily Jughead. Choice. Yeah. Solid pick. Yeah. Uh, I like how in tune with himself he is. He's just kind of like floating through the world and nothing sticks to him. And that's a pretty good way to be. Oh, I didn't say who oh, I was. Sorry. I'm sorry. We do this every time. Jonathan <laughs> Jolton. That's right. I'm Jonathan. And you've never read an Archie comic until today. Until or this until, ep- yeah. yeah. Until this episode. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so I'm Jeff Ellis and... I also was going to say Jughead, because uh, now, unlike Jonathan, I grew up reading tons of Archie comic books. I had a sister who had big stacks of Archie comics I could borrow, and I had cousins who had, like, stacks and stacks of Archie comics at their house, and we'd visit them every summer. So I've read tons of Archie comics, and uh, I always liked Jughead because he loved to eat, and I can relate to that. And uh, he also just, I don't know, I liked that he had the... A little bit of the snark. I don't know. That might not surprise you guys. Yeah, like yeah. the little, little bit of the snarky character there. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> uh, my name's Jess, and I've also never read an Archie. Wow. Oh so, <laughs> I'm so glad there's one other person here, at least. Um, this ended up being more character revealing than I thought. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is the character revealing time. Now so, I know who I can't trust anymore. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, so I, I literally never, never read like a single page of it. This, so these comics were my um, only exposure to the characters. Like I knew who Archie was before just because it's so famous. And I think I liked the... Veronica's dad. What, what's his What's his name? Mr. Lodge. Lodge. Yeah. Hiram Lodge. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is it Hiram or Hiram? Uh, Hiram? I always thought it was Hiram, but they pronounce it Hiram on the TV show. Oh, is that Hiram? I think that is. I think that's correct. Yeah, it's a name. I believe. Yeah. Cool. He has a cool name. Um, I liked his expressions. Uh, he he gets <laughs> he gets really mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he gets absurdly angry. And uh, I just, those, some of those moments were funny, so that's my pick. <laughs> All right, excellent. I, I'm Kathleen Jock. I'm excited to be a guest on the show today. Um, welcome. And, and, ooh, welcome. 
And um, I'm actually very excited that we have a couple of people in the room who are uh, were not familiar with uh, that familiar with Archie before this, because I also you know grew up with it. I love Archie, and um, it is interesting to think. Of, um, I'm excited to hear the perspectives on this coming at it from a different place. Um, my favorite Archie characters. I like the troublemakers. I like the characters that are allowed to act act bad. So I, I like Veronica. I like Reggie. Um, I like. Particularly, I'm going to do a left field pick. I like Alexandra Cabot. Oh, antagon- hell yeah! <laughs> the antagonist from Josie and the Pussycats, who gets to do everything Veronica does, but more musically, and sometimes she has magic powers. Yep! yep. <laughs> and a fun skunk stripe in her hair. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. yeah, Josie and the Pussycats definitely mm-hmm. jumped to mind for me when I was asked this question a moment ago. So I'm glad you put that there. Oh, good. Nice. I'll go... I'll conclude. I'm Jan, and I was an avid Archie reader growing up. I have a lot of fond memories of poring over Archie comics, basically anything that I could get my hand on. And outside of the newspaper strips and what I could find in the library, Archie was like, it's it's funny because it feels like the comic that I elected to read, right? Whereas like newspaper comics kind of came to me mm-hmm. and they were on the page, but I didn't really elect to read them. And library comics, they were, like, in the library. Someone selected them to be in the library. But because they came from the supermarket, I could choose to buy Archie comics. And that that made it important. Like, that felt like more of a deliberate investigation to me when I was young. Uh, for my character pick, I'm going to go even more off-kilter. Ooh, and I'm going to select Archie's Jalopy. Oh! <laughs> so, uh, I'm really, really happy that... Archie's beat-up car made an appearance in this volume because uh, the jalopy featured very heavily in the original Archie comics, but what stood out to me is I did not know the word jalopy. I did not understand the concept of a jalopy, and like I always found it just so weird that Archie was driving in this 1920s car because like even as they progressed in Archie's comics, they still kept the aesthetic of, like, the original 1920s Archie. And so, like, Archie was driving this, like, it looked like a Model T or something, and he had to stick his arm out the window to, like, make a turn signal. And it was just something that was so baffling to me as a child (laughs) that I remember it. And that's why I'm, uh, I'm really happy that Archie still has a jalopy in this comic. (laughs) Alright, I'm Kay Gross, and I love Archie comics so much. I remember the first one we ever got was, like, I think my brother found it in the halls at school and <gasps> nobody claimed it, so we got to take it home. Treasure. And, like, I distinctly remember the cover was, like, it was, like, a winter digest. <laughs> and, like, snow is falling and it's, like, outside and uh, Archie and Betty are kissing and I think, like, Jughead or someone is in the background being like, I guess they, they got frozen together. <laughs> so stupid but um yeah we read so many archie comics and i feel like different bins like just big bins full of archie comics got passed around our neighborhood via garage sales or you just like pick up a giant box of like 50 archie comics for like 25 cents oh yeah i think that it's really hard to choose a favorite character because i love them all uh, but I have a huge soft spot for Jughead. Yeah. I also really like Pop Tate. And I adore Sabrina. Yeah. So those are, if I had to narrow it down, I'd probably say I, I really like those characters. Because, yeah, Jughead is just 
good. I don't know. He's like a really fun character, and you get that sort of like someone said earlier, snark. And then I think Pop Tate's fun because he sort of witnesses all these like rowdy teens being rowdy, and is sometimes like a voice of reason, reason or guidance. And then Sabrina's just fun, yeah. just fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sabrina's great. Yeah. That would have been my yeah my second choice there is Sabrina. All right. Uh, do we want to talk about the creators of yes. this version of Archie? So there are a lot. <laughs> so the series was written by Mark Wade, who has worked on a lot of DC stuff and has been working in comics since like the 80s. So like very established writer. And then Fiona Staples drew um, the first little bit of the series. Didn't know she was Canadian. Oh. Learned that when I... Oh, looked yes. at her website. The obligatory. <laughs> yes, you know this is a Canadian podcast because we're like, you know, <laughs> Canadian. Um, we claim her. Yeah, but uh, she's best known for Saga, which is like a very long sci-fi series, um, and she's won Joe Schuster, Hugo Eisner, Harvey, and many other awards several times over. Nice. So she has many accolades. And then Annie Wu drew issue four that's in the first volume, and she's worked with DC, Marvel, Vertigo, Simon & Schuster, and, like, a lot of other clients. Um, and she has her own series, Dead Guy Fan Club, coming out from Image. And then Veronica Fish drew a whole bunch of other issues, and she has worked for Marvel Boom Studios the Worcester Art Museum and the Norman Rockwell Museum, as well as many other things, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, and then in the second volume, some art is done by Ryan Jampol. I don't know how to pronounce that. He doesn't have a website, which was interesting, because I was trying to find out things about him, and I just got his Twitter profile and DeviantArt, which I don't know how to navigate. <laughs> but he's done Mega Man and Sonic and Dexter's Lab comics, and he's been nominated for Harvey Awards. And then also Thomas Patelli did some work on these books as well, and he's done work for the New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, Washington Post, just looking from his bio on his website, like it seems like he's a very prolific illustrator. And then letters are done by Jack Morelli, and colors are done by Andre Shymanowicz. It's like a long Polishy name, I don't know, and Jen Vaughn, yeah. So, a lot of people worked on these books. Wow. Um, Go team. I hope I listed everyone. Yeah. I don't know. Should I do a summary? I don't know. Okay. I didn't write down the plot summary, so I'm going to wing it. It didn't come prepared. Yeah, so we read the first two volumes, which are sort of, like, revolving around this main plot of, like, Betty and Archie, uh, where, like, the book starts off and they were together, but they're not anymore because of the infamous lipstick incident which no one seems to know what the lipstick incident is um and it's like a big source of tension and and like both Archie and Betty feel like really sad about their breakup or whatever and at the same time Veronica Lodge moves into town with her dad and Archie has been like picking up some extra shifts doing construction work and accidentally because Archie's a klutz Completely destroys Lodge Manor <laughs> when he's trying to he's trying to just help out because he's kind of bad at his job and he just like screws up and completely flattens it to the ground. Um, and Mr. Lodge doesn't see that it's Archie, but Veronica does, and she kind of falls for him slash manipulates him into doing a bunch of stuff for her. Um, 
Yeah, and then Mr. Lodge runs for mayor in the second volume, and there's a whole bunch of drama about that. And sort of, like, Archie and Betty have to sort of, like, find ways to make peace with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well summarized. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that summers, summarizes it very well. So should we talk about, like, first impressions? Sure. For everybody? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go so, the other way. Can we start maybe with the people who haven't oh, um, okay. sure, read sure, Archie sure. before, just to see like what was yeah. this like for yeah. you? Um, all right, so I really like these books. I really like the soap opera ness of them. I don't know if that is the case with previous versions of Archie, where there's like continuing threads and like the drama kind of builds to various climaxes. But I feel like. That is a big part of, like, that kind of writing is a big part of what I liked about superhero comics when I was reading superhero comics. And I know that superhero comics originally got that kind of storytelling from kind of romance-type comics. And so it feels like it's come full circle and, like, this is really interesting story. Like, I want to know what happens like, we're not at the end of this ongoing drama. I need to know <laughs> what, what happens next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I just chime in and give you, maybe give you some context on what sure. the previous Archie's were? Like, Archie originally is a gag comic, so any story that they have is leading up to some kind of punchline of a joke. Right, so it's so, very episodic and then doesn't actually... Yeah, it, right, right, right. you know, like from... And the digests are collections of short, like, five-page comics about okay. that each... And some are even, like, half-page comics that are, like, the character's in a situation, and it's usually a very exaggerated situation, and then, like, the ending of it is some kind of punchline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll also add that we have, Archie has about 70 years of this kind of continuity reset and um, episodic things, but the original sort of, I looked this up, 1941, I've read the first Archie's, and the first uh, kind of story that's equivalent to what happens in this uh, is does kind of have continuity where you follow this drama of um, Veronica coming to town and etc. through multiple stories. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. interesting. So it's kind of a retelling of the original mm-hmm. story then. It's hmm. funny because the impression that I get from most people who have read Archie throughout their youth is that no one read any Archie comic in order. Like, oh, no. they, yes. they might as well not have any numbers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You read yeah. whichever one you encounter. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that for, for me, this was really, really interesting to have a through line to the plot because my memories of reading Archie was that you could just pick up any Archie comic off any shelf, split it open at any page, <laughs> and just start reading, and it would be fine. Like, all you have to know, like... You, you read one story, and you're like, oh, Jughead likes hamburgers. Betty and Veronica are friends sometimes, but then they're always fighting over Archie. Archie's with one or the other, depending on, I don't know, a coin toss before the story starts. <laughs> Reggie's the bad guy. And, like, that's kind of, you know, like, it's everyone has their roles, and, like, the gags play out with that. Like, everyone has their roles to play, and the gags happen, and you could just step in at any point and step out at any point. And so the idea that Archie had continuity was, like, yeah, like, novel to me. And I think that was even, like, I mean, this is previous to this relaunch, but there was a period, I think, where they had a big, the big deal, like, Cheryl Blossom is going to break up the the love triangle. And that became, like, this yeah. new insertion into the, the regular continuity, you know? 
Yeah, and uh, they did have a couple of attempts where they were trying to do like event comics or something yeah. like that. I was it was long past when I read <laughs> it regularly. But see, I'm only aware of it peripherally, yeah. so I don't know how much they stuck to their continuity. But I got the impression that they were like um, maybe trying to bring continuity back for a period. But yeah, for the most part, at least the Archies I remember reading, there was just yeah, there was no continuity. Everyone was just in stasis. And you just watch the gag, and then you move on to the next <laughs> gag, and like everything would reset. It was like The Simpsons; everything oh, would yeah. reset itself back to back to stasis, so that we can start the next gag from the same starting point. <laughs> and I feel like that's probably the difference between what worked for Archie before and this new format working for Archie must have to do with format. Where if the only way to get Archie is by standing in line at a supermarket. There's no way anyone would be able to read things in order, so you can't write long-form stories. It has to be, like, short-form. Uh, and this, because this is released in, like, monthly issues and then repackaged as trades and available on the internet uh, as ebooks, like, I feel like that makes it possible to do this kind of storytelling, where before yeah. it would not have been practical at all. Uh, I also feel like they're pitching it for an older audience. Oh, yes. probably, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because, like, the the thing about it being in the supermarket is that it's something that, you know, a kid could beg their mom to be like, oh, that's for me, and the mom's like, ah, whatever, 25 cents, sure. And, or, like, a kid could scrape together their own 25 cents, which is unusual. Like, there's, I guess original superhero comics used to be like that as well. Yeah, there was a time where, like, when I started reading superhero comics, you could get them at the 7-Eleven, just show up and, like, hand over some cents, less than a dollar, and get a comic. And um, that's not the case and hasn't been for a while. Uh, Archie is still in supermarkets. I, I think they must be repackaging old stories uh, yes, and yes. reselling them. Yeah. In fact, you know what's really interesting? Uh, Marvel Comics is allowing Archie to repackage old Marvel comics into Archie Digests <laughs> that you can buy at the, at the grocery store. Mm. Sounds like fun. That yeah. is an interesting tactic. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so trying to get young readers by offering it through the supermarket. Hmm. Almost as if they've, they've realized that they're missing an entire <laughs> demographic from their audience. I, I think it's a sad statement that they don't have new content, that they're just taking like the content from 20 years ago and saying, oh, yeah, that'll get the kids to start reading. Well, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. leveraging your back catalog. <laughs> yeah. Very cozy fair enough, fair enough. What did you think, Jess, about... I feel so bad... I think I will be the voice of dissent. Oh, <laughs> but I really have to say I read about fifty reviews because I really wanted to like understand this, and I haven't seen much of Riverdale. I basically haven't seen the show. I haven't seen any of Fiona Staples' work. I haven't read Saga, and I haven't read the old Archies. And so, like, it's not for me in like such a literal way. But I don't think that's a problem with the work. Like, I don't want to blame. Archie for that because I think that um, when I was reading the reviews um, almost everybody uh, who who was there, they were there for um, Fiona Staples or they were there because they watched Riverdale or they were there because they read Archie as a kid so um, I think that's a big part of it because mm-hmm. <laughs> when I jumped in I didn't understand what was happening <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't understand like the format of the gags because I think a lot of the the delight in this is the things that they've changed and and updated um, and the way they maybe have expanded the world. Like, a lot of people said they, they really liked how they expanded 
Archie and Betty's relationship to be more com- complex and interesting, but I wouldn't have known that unless I did this research because I didn't read the originals, so... But I, I want to hear what everyone else thinks yeah. more. I think it's super valuable to have this perspective because this is yeah. something like this reboot by its very nature. It's like really hard to consider this in a vacuum and most of the audience of this just won't be considering it without right. all this context unless yeah. they're in a, you know, say a book club podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm mean, even, outlier. Like, uh, <laughs> even though I haven't read any Archie comics before, I kind of know the characters and the premise just from it being around. So... I can at least see the things that are added and be able to tell the difference between that and the stock character. So I think I'm still getting out of this the thing that fans are getting out of it, where it's you can sort of see how it's built. Whereas if you're coming at it cold, I can see that maybe that's not going to work. Yeah, and I actually read the old Archie and then reread the new Archie, too, and I appreciated it a lot more. Okay. Um, because the old Archie, there's uh, there was this gag with Archie dropping all these weights through the floor, and I was like, oh, he's a klutz. I didn't even know that. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. Was like, and I was like, that's why he's driving a forklift through a mansion. Like, <laughs> basically, like, yeah. um, and so it all, like, it actually all just made more sense. So I think uh, I'm just this weird outlier. I, I don't know if I even, like, take my own opinion very seriously on this. <laughs> Um, they also did a Game of Thrones parody for a couple pa- pages, right? Oh, that was yeah. in the Jughead preview in the back of... Uh, okay. Yeah, that wasn't part of the, the main story. Okay, I read it anyways, or I looked at it, but like I also hadn't watched Game of Thrones. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the double God. Uh, yeah. layers I, upon layers. I'm just, you know... Yeah, just the the wrong person, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Not the target audience. Yeah. But um, I'm really glad I read all those reviews, because I think that ultimately this is a very, like, successful work, and, like, rave reviews. People love it. People are seemed really happy with it, so I think it's, like, it sounds like it did really well, so, yeah. I mean, I would say, like... Um... You know, speaking of someone who has read Archie, yeah, um, and then visiting this work, I would say like I appreciated it on the level of thinking back to my memories of Archie and seeing how they kind of had twisted it and updated it. But I also would say that if I didn't have any back history with Archie, I don't know if I would have read this through. Like I, I might have stopped after the first issue if I didn't have this history with Archie. Mm-hmm. So I would say nostalgia was a big factor in me like continuing to read through and enjoy the work because I think like I mean I, I do like slice of life sort of soap opera e comics, but I feel like this was more like very soap opera light. Like I, I think if it was not Archie I would have wanted more out of this work, but because it was Archie I was like okay with it just being at the level it was at. Yeah, well, and it's, from what I understand, like, it's always meant to have been light entertainment, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah. that seems very in keeping with the spirit. Yeah, I'm not even meaning that yeah. as a, a criticism. Yeah. Where, like, I think they oh, hit yeah. the right tone for Archie, but, yeah. like, I would just, I'm just meaning that, like, if, if I didn't have a history with Archie and someone had said, hey, check out this, it's got relationships, you like relationship comics, I think I would have read this and been like, well... It's got relationships, but mm, it kind of meanders. Like, it doesn't seem very focused. Where, because I have this history with Archie, I'm, like, I'm into the meandering. I'm into it being a little lighter. Like, I'm forgiving it the things that I don't think I would forgive it if I didn't have this history with Archie. 
that makes any sense. That's really interesting. I think I'd like to build on your perspective. Uh, so I came to this work as a huge Archie fan and basically a huge skeptic. Mm. Because uh, I haven't watched Riverdale, but I heard about the dark twist, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and I knew this was written by a, someone with a superhero pedigree, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and I know of, I'm familiar, I've read a lot of Saga, I'm familiar with Fiona Staples' work, I'm a really huge fan, but I know she's a very serious artist usually, so I'm like, hmm, realistic renderings of Archie characters that are usually so fun and joyful. It's like, mm-hmm. I really expected this to lose a lot of the lightheartedness and a lot of the kind of jokey nature that I think is essential to Archie, at least essential to uh, some incarnations of Archie. And so I was uh, delightfully surprised. I was very happy that this was so lighthearted. It was so fun and jokey and slapsticky. Uh, I think the characters are all rendered very faithfully, both in their writing and art. And I had a good time reading it, and I read through all both <laughs> issues. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, as an Archie, like the Archie fan in me, I, I definitely want to say like I think I was very satisfied with how it, the the layers of complexity that added to the relationships. Just specifically with Fiona Staples, um, I just wanted to say that I was blown away by how well she drew these characters realistically. But I also completely could still see a little bit of the Dan DiCarlo kind of character <laughs> designs. Well, I mean, I guess he didn't do the original designs, but that. I still kind of recognize those like little facial features from he, the he kinda classic like comics. He kind of defined the style in yeah. many ways. Yeah. yeah. No, I think Fiona did a fantastic job, like hitting the mm-hmm. perfect tone for rendering these characters. Yeah, there's so many little subtleties, like Archie on the side of his head. He kind of has a little bit of a zigzag pattern, <laughs> yeah. which is like obviously a big part of the original character design, and it's just subtle enough that you might miss it if you don't know that about the character. But every time I spot it, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> How about you, Kathleen? What were your impressions? Yeah, I liked it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was jammed that I, yeah, and I enjoyed the sort of, how it, how it was an all-ages book and the kind of slapstick uh, that it had in it um, and a general sort of sort of lightness. I thought it was interesting on that point that the, um, the one of the introductions to it talks, um, and this was 2015, so this is before the um, Riverdale came out, but they're talking about specifically they wanted to avoid going edgy and grim with it, and wouldn't that be ludicrous? And, and now here we are. Um, but and, uh, but uh, yeah, I liked it quite a bit, and um, reading it, how I thought about this is, you know, as an adult, one of my favorite things about Archie really is the history of it, how it's essentially, it's a, all this series of, of time capsules going back you know, about 70, 80 years, and I love the, there's something that I love sort of, you know, stylistically, uh, visually, tone-wise, and just about every era of it, and this strikes me very well as this is, this is 2010's Archie, and it, mm-hmm. it, it um, worked quite well as that for me, it captures, captures the tone, and it captures with the feel of what, of yeah, like the spirit so, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I agree. I think I come to it from a similar place as you. Uh, we've had many discussions uh, over various Archie things over the years. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't quite know what to expect coming to this, even though it was my suggestion. I was just like, you know what? This will be fun. We've never touched an Archie comic before, and like, Archie comics are so prevalent. And I thought it was really fun. Like, I just 
really enjoyed it. I thought it hit the right sort of tonal things of, like, it sort of took the sort of, like, gaggy ideas and then just, like, pulled them out into actual storylines, yeah. which I thought was was yeah. really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed, like, the fleshing out of, like, Betty and Archie's relationship. Um, and, yeah, I loved the colors, too, in oh, these yeah. books. I thought they sort of, like, hit the right write notes and there's some really fun color choices like there's one cover um oh gosh i can't remember which volume it was in but it's like veronica in the foreground with like these trees in the background and the trees the colors made the choice of making the trees pink and the sky green and i was like oh so good but yeah i just thought it was it was really fun and um it's it's what i wish the show riverdale was <laughs> yeah fair um because i have watched all of riverdale i'm still <laughs> watching it even though i was like i'm not gonna watch season three because season two hurt me so bad and yet every week <laughs> i'm like well i guess there's a new episode up <laughs> and then my brother texts me and will be like what's going on on this show and i'm like harrison i don't know <laughs> um but like riverdale is just not as fun as this and it's really grim and not very cohesive, whereas this was not grim at all and quite cohesive. And quite cohesive. Yeah, I, I did not go, I did not stick around for the full journey of Riverdale, but from what I saw, I, I definitely prefer this. Uh, there are things that I really <laughs> liked about, like, visually in Riverdale. They, like, strike the perfect balance of sort of, like, retro and modern aesthetics at the same time. But just, like, yeah, I don't know. This is way more fun. Um, Speaking of retro, I have to mention my absolute favorite um, thing in this that I think uh, represents maybe the gulf between what my favorite thing was and maybe the and not the main intent of this this reboot, which I think did quite capture the tone in a modern way overall. I love the segment when they are practicing with their their garage bands for the talent show that we get a series of pages where the action is. Uh, kind of interspersed with these little titles in the format of like Archie in pers- percussion yes. discussion. <laughs> yes, I like, love Archie that. Archie in drum scr- and This is it was like my favorite thing, maybe for good or for bad, is that I would like to play forever in the visual language of like retro Archie. Like you get some, I mean, uh, some beautiful lettering and, and layout with these things, and it's like yeah, I, lo- I love that it takes that it plays with that format. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting when uh, Archie seemed to break the fourth wall quite often, and I was trying to remember if that was a feature in the original Archie comics, and I couldn't quite remember it. But it seemed to be so on point, like it seemed to fit yeah. so well with yeah. you. Yeah, I feel like certain characters will break the fourth wall more. Like I feel like it's really a Jughead move to break the fourth wall, <laughs> yes, or like that makes sense. But it does get broken every once in a while, or like you know, like Jingles the <laughs> Elf would break the f- like those kinds of like. Yeah secondary tertiary characters almost <laughs> even would like break the fourth wall more but yeah. yeah that was a really interesting writing choice and it's the kind of thing that could go very badly but I do think it worked in this to sort of like keep the story moving quickly where we're not going to have like 10 pages to set this up we're just going to have Archie talk to us for a panel and then we're caught up and it's like really interesting It's it feels uh, this is going to make it sound terrible. It feels a little bit Saved by the Bell. Hmm. But... No, I, oh, that that show. I hate that show. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, like that, that's why no. like, as, soon as, as soon as he was doing that, I was like, oh, Saved by the Bell, I don't know. But it works in this. So... It, it's totally correct. Yeah, for, for yeah. oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it is the same genre as Saved by the Bell, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of like what is what else is the modern equivalent? This is such an old person question. What is the modern equivalent of like teens in high school? Am I thinking like Disney TV or like what? What? what I have are no idea. Maybe. These days, <laughs> uh, YouTube channels selected by the algorithm. Oh, <laughs> just like just like hell vloggers. Hell yeah, vloggers? basically, yeah. it's oh, all God, bad. I went mm. down a dark hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's actually, like, uh, something that's missing in the current space, then, if you think about it that way. Mm. Teens are really well, into like Riverdale. Degrassi, right? Oh, Degrassi I... is the same kind of space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Degrassi deals with more serious topics and is less of, like, a goofy comedy, but I would say, like, it sort of, like, is on par mm. with, with it in many ways. Oh, I love Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> Degrassi uh, graphic novel adaptation when? Oh, yeah. no, they exist. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you uh, Oh, yeah. D- Steve, Steve Rolston. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know he's Canadian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be criminal to have Degrassi comics drawn by Americans. That's like, true. I'm sorry. That's true. It just would be. I have to have a CanCon. Yeah. Oh my god. This is a complete sidebar, but in a recent Degrassi season, they had, like, kids inside with their shoes on, and I was like, that's not how we do it here! (laughs) I don't know, I got my boots on right now. That's true. This is not a real house. No, these kids were, like, sitting on their bed with their shoes on, and I was like, that's disgusting! Disgusting! Just (laughs) The queen would be offended. Yeah. Just... Oh, man. Nasty. Um... Oh, speaking of, like, Canadian-American things, uh, one particular panel that just, like, really threw me off in the second volume was, it's Veronica's at Archie's house, and Archie's mom is like, oh, let's help with dinner, and Veronica's like, I'll go get the cutlery, and Archie's like, cutlery? I know- what? I noticed that, too! And I was like... Is that, is that considered well, kind of a snooty Okay, word? so I pulled my American friends because I was like, I, I have a group yes. chat with these childhood friends who all, all live in America. And I was like, I, I just need to know because they're a really good sample group because they're from the East Coast, the West Coast, and the South. So you get yeah. like a nice variety. And uh, one person out of like 10 was like, oh, I use the word cutlery. And everyone else was like, mm-mm. Silverware, flatware, or utensils. What? And they they ranked them for me in, like, which, like, how, what they would use the most, but utensils was definitely higher than cutlery, and then, like, flatware or silverware, which, to me, silverware is like, ooh, that's fancy. Flatware I would never Never. use as a word, which I also learned, because my friend's mom is a silversmith, and... Uh, she told us that there's flatware, which is, like, plates, cutlery, whatever, and then there's hollowware, which is bowls, gravy boats, pitchers, Ooh. anything that has a hole in it. You're blowing like, my mind. Oh. Right? I was like, I didn't know this word existed, and I don't really need to use it, but also, I am going to use it. So, yeah, that was just, like, a weird, like, mini cultural difference, where it's like, I don't... Yeah. I don't know what you'd use, because I was like, I don't know what you'd use other than cutlery, that's just the word for it. Yeah. But apparently utensils or, like, whatever is more used. That's strange. So that, like, took me out of reading it a little bit, but it's, like, it's an American book by American people for an American audience. Yeah. Like, Archie's the all-American kid, basically. That was the lead-in on that whole joke of, of the cultural 
differences between uh, Veronica and Archie. Was, mm-hmm. That was the lead-in scene with cutlery. Yeah. Um, and that, I was like, what, are, what is wrong with the word cutlery? And then it's the next page was, was like, oh, oh, I see. Like, it's, Veronica's it's a- looking for, like, the... Is the special spoon for dessert and oh now I get what's going on but like yeah that first panel I was like what so she said the word cutlery I don't get it yeah it's like what else would you call it you only I only use silverware when it's like fancy dinner time at my parents and all the relatives are coming over that's the only time you break out silverware silverware is the good stuff yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd like to touch a little bit more on Veronica if we can she was one of those characters that I thought was rendered just perfectly in terms of her gestures and her attitudes just this like total posh attitude that's cartoonish to a point where i still don't think it's realistic in any context (laughs) but like spot on for what it's meant to be yeah (laughs) Yeah. but still sympathetic like there weren't really any characters that were unsympathetic like and there's a lot of characters who if you take them just at their sort of stereotypical face value they could easily just be awful people who I wouldn't care what happens to them. But no, like, they're they're all pretty, like, well-rounded and fleshed out, and you understand why they are who they are. And uh, even with Veronica, like, who she is makes sense. I Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think with the, the teens, for sure, like, I think everyone definitely had their sympathetic aspects. I mean, I think maybe, like, Mr. Lodge and, um, okay. and Reggie's dad kind so. of felt a little bit more, like... Mm. I know. I actually found Veronica was really hard, though, at the start. I mean, I felt that her um, obliviousness to, like, normal, quote-unquote, <laughs> normal life was a little extreme. Like, I understand that she went to private school, but, like, <laughs> they kind of took that to a level that I just thought was getting kind of ridiculous, as, yeah, as Jim said. Yeah, yeah. Which it is a comic, but, I, yeah, I thought they took it a little too far, and then, I think, personally, just because of where we're at in 2018, just the caricature of the super rich, I found myself just really like, just shut up. No one cares. You don't have problems. Like, you you should give all your money away. You're a bad person. And then partway through the story, then it got to the point where Veronica threw up in the cafeteria. And that's where I finally found myself kind of turning a little bit and being like, okay, so she's a little bit, she's been putting up a brave face, but she's also a little bit insecure and you finally kind of see have that human moment with her and Betty in the bathroom and that's where I, I sort of turned myself around and was like okay okay Veronica's a person too she's not just <laughs> this awful super rich person but like that was a rough one for me that was hard to get into at the start in terms of the, the eat the rich angle in this I actually <laughs> I liked how they made Mr. Lodge sort of they ramped up how awful he is compared to um, previous art cheeks. Typically, you know, he's angry. His, his gag is that he gets mad that this, like, klutz, uh, this deadbeat is trying to date his daughter. Just, but, like, stomping around his house, knocking Yeah, knocking over. his priceless vase. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing his loud guitar. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but he's typically, you know, he's he's, he's angry. He's the he's the angry dad, but he, he he tends to also get stories where he's, you know, he's sympathetic and he loves his daughter and I'm, I'm, I don't know where this um, this takes him after these volumes but I, I sort of enjoyed how they just really really went, went for these <laughs> facial expressions with him and his just kind of pure pure kind of scorn <laughs> towards yeah. pretty much everyone and in terms of Veronica something that 
I have to assume comes up in later volumes of this is I almost wish there were more um, interactions between uh, Veronica and Betty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their sort of weird friendship is kind of one of the core things of Archie and Mm -hmm. and besides the scene that Jeff mentioned and the the, um, end of the second volume here, I feel like there was not a lot of direct interaction with them. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Also with Veronica, like I, I felt like I wished that her relationship with Archie had maybe a bit more depth to it, because yeah. to me, what, reading it, I didn't... Like, the relationship between Betty and Archie was, like, super solid and, like, had so much depth to it, and I was really, like, intrigued by it and, like, interested in what happened, and then the Veronica and Archie thing, just, like, I just wish there'd been a little bit more. Yeah, Almost, yeah. like... Like, I, I, you know, it made sense. It was the typical Archie falls head over heels for, like, the most gorgeous girl, but it... It, it almost didn't quite seem believable that they were then spending a lot of time together. Like, I just yeah. wanted a little, a, a couple more moments of them, like, being really human together, mm-hmm. I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I almost, I almost feel like we got a bit more insight about why Veronica likes Archie rather than why Archie likes Veronica. Mm-hmm. I think, I think yeah. she says, like, oh, you know, when he destroyed, when Archie destroyed the mansion... Um, he made my dad so mad, and so I want to be with a guy that makes my dad angry. And she she kind of like yeah. makes jokes about Archie being this um, nice, gentle guy, and so she gives these more in-depth reasons. But I'm not sure that we get to see that from Archie. Um, That's true. Yeah, that's true. yeah. It does feel like a rebound, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of how they're trying to play it. That the mm-hmm. whole thing set up with. As you said, there was a lot of depth to the relationship between Betty and Veronica, and we or do, Betty and Archie, uh, <laughs> Betty and Archie, yeah, and uh, oh, Betty and Veronica, the dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a mm-hmm. different comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we mm-hmm. start with Archie, he d- he is painted as someone who's very heartbroken over this quote unquote lipstick incident, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I think it kind of makes sense. It made sense to me anyway that it's like yes. His attraction to Veronica is kind of surface level, is kind of shallow, mm. but it's meant to mask the true heartbreak. So he's more motivated more by his heartbreak than any tangible attraction. Mm. But that is probably something that will grow over time. These are relationships that we can't explore further. I'm curious what everyone on the table here thinks about this, but I personally found by the end of Volume 2, I was really just wanting to see Betty and Archie get back together, and I... <laughs> just did not I could just have at no point I mean this is probably for me reading the comics as a kid too I always thought Archie and Betty belonged together but I felt like this book was primed to also just sort of reinforce that Betty is the better match for Archie and I just found myself like yeah okay hurry up get over this whole Veronica thing and like get back with Betty because you know you're gonna be happier with Betty Hmm. that was kind of my takeaway from this series. It's interesting. As an Archie fan, I think that statement is quite car- controversial. Yeah. Because yes. I, I was always under the impression that it was supposed to be a perfect 50-50 split in terms of who Archie ends up with. Mm. Yeah, because um, I mean, I don't, I don't know, it's all like based off an older mode of dating that we don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Where you would just like date a whole bunch of people, whereas like dating today is so different. Yeah, that was like going too. steady, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you'd, like, you'd go with one date with one person, like you could ask any one person out that You can night. just go on a bunch of casual dates with different yeah. people over the week and, like, maybe have a couple different people who are maybe your boyfriends or whatever, and then, like, it was a big deal to be, like, asked to go study. Yeah. There's a whole song about it in Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, right? yeah, and I mean, uh, besides us saying that uh, Betty and Veronica should just date and cut out the middleman, I know there's a whole <laughs> conti- there's been a whole contingent of Archie fans for quite a while just saying this uh, could just be solved with polyamory. Yeah, just a triad. You're just yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, it is it is kind of this like retro construction of how dating works that that kind of powers this it's true maybe it is another one of those strange anachronisms that didn't make sense as a modern reader of yeah, the original yeah. work but and now if you're bringing it into a modern context you do kind of need so like well if you're dating veronica you can no longer be dating betty you can't mm. date both <laughs> i mean i don't know i think i think for me i'm maybe just reacting to like and maybe this is part of the writing but it's like the setup with veronica is like once they start dating, Veronica's just got him, like, hauling around her books and, like, doing all these, like, sort of chores for her. And, and at one point, like, Jughead is basically saying, like, we gotta save Archie from this this woman who's, like, forcing him to do all this stuff. Like, he's gotta get back with Betty because Betty's not gonna, like, mm-hmm. make him an indentured servant. And I, I guess, I mean, that, that feeds into some of the, again, some of the things from the original series. And that maybe feeds into my own impressions from reading it is that I've always felt like Veronica was sort of taking advantage of Archie or like a being kind of slightly dismissive of Archie's feelings at, at points where I always felt like Betty seemed a lot more genuinely just interested in Archie as he was, wasn't trying to change him, wasn't trying to get things out of him. Uh, if anything, maybe in the original series, it was like Archie was probably taking from Betty too much. But, you know, I, I always felt like there was a imbalance between Archie and Veronica that wasn't there between Betty and Archie. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of this being a soap opera is that everything is constantly in flux. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't wrap up at the end of every page, um, so it's never going to have that same perfect equilibrium that the original did, because you, you're taking more time with it. So I think if over subsequent volumes, my expectation, I guess, would be that the characters would like spend more time with each other and be more fleshed out, and we'd see more of a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. At this point, that slight imbalance of forces sort of makes me want to see what happens next. Whereas if it had reached a point where like everything is perfectly equal at that point, then I start to lose interest. Mm. I don't understand why Archie and Betty broke up. Oh, okay. I actually wanted to talk yeah, about let's... the lipstick incident. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So the lipstick incident to summarize for our listeners is like Archie and Betty were dating and I guess Betty was feeling these pressures to sort of like feminize herself more and she starts she like dresses herself up for this date and like puts on lipstick and like really does her hair and like has this like new beautiful outfit on and like Archie's kind of thrown off by that and starts acting really weird to her and she's like why are you acting weird like I know that you look at pretty girls who look like this like why are you acting weird to me and he's like lipstick whatever and then uh, this like beautiful scene where she swipes she gets mad she swipes lipstick across his face and goes funny you don't seem like like it doesn't seem to have changed you and like walks away and I really liked this moment. I guess maybe I related to it as, like, kind of like a tomboy who, um, it's really, really uncomfortable to, like, move into adolescence, and there's huge pressures to be more feminine, and 
like, take on these feminine attributes, but then people act really, really weird when you do it. Like, I'm in my 20s and I don't wear makeup because anytime I do, some somebody will say, oh my god, you're wearing makeup? <laughs> and make a really big deal about it. And, like, even when I wear a dress sometimes, people will comment on that about how, oh my god, I've never seen you wear a dress. And I'm like, I own, like probably 10 dresses that I wear regularly. Like, you've just constructed this idea of who I am in your mind. And it's, like, really frustrating and and it was so uncomfortable to deal with as a teenager. And I felt like this particular moment in the comic actually really captured that very well. Where I was like, oh, that that was very relatable for me. And, and I thought was handled surprisingly well for, like, a... Not that men can't write female characters, but, you know, it just, like, it was something that felt very much like my own lived experience, or, like, adjacent to it, that I was like, oh, I'm surprised that, like, a middle-aged man wrote this scene, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know how other people felt Kudos, about it. Smart yeah. yeah, I'll agree that I, I like that, too, and I especially like how the panel where she hits him with the lipstick is drawn. That yeah. It was nicely done. Um, but, yeah, I felt that this was kind of a nice direction, I think, to take with the Betty character, because this was always kind of established that her thing, that she, like, she works on cars, she's a, a, into sports, etc., but um, to kind of take this in this direction almost further differentiate her like and I mean this also kind of risks getting into this territory where it's like oh she's not like the other girls which is a, mm-hmm. a thorn patch but um, <laughs> totally uh, but, uh, but I mean I, I, I did like this and I how also to kind of compliment the art I like how this is used uh, this version of Archie uh doesn't do something that always frustrated me about classic Archie was how uh, most of the girls are drawn with the same body and the same face and only differentiated by the hair mm. and this and to kind of uh, to not only uh, have these character designs um, a little bit more distinctive but to kind of um, address how they kind of uh, their relationship with with clothes and with femininity is interesting to me mm-hmm. 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 yeah and that's I I mean from, from Fiona Staples moving forward, I think every artist did a really good job of differentiating Betty and Veronica more so than you... Yeah, because that as much as I like the original kind of aesthetic style of, of like classic Archie, I mean, all the women were the same with just like a different hairstyle, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. So it is really nice to see these more differentiated characters. I actually felt like later in the series, as other artists were coming in, I actually felt like Betty's... Um, body was changing a little bit more like I felt like she was getting like a little more wider hipped and like just kind of rounding out in her figure more compared to like Veronica and I don't know if that was like intentional or not but I just sort of felt like the the body shape was changing a little bit as the series was progressing I didn't notice that at all but um, I did like how every single artist handled these characters I thought like all of them just like really captured the spirit of them in their own ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Fiona Staples did a really great job setting the tone yeah. for, like, how to render these characters and kind of, like, a gestural language for them. But I agree, like, uh, although it was, like, a little bit sad, Fiona Staples' work is so beautiful. And it was like, oh, man, not anymore. <laughs> but, like, the other artists, like, they really did a good job continuing the flow so that I didn't feel too disrupted. And yeah. They, they definitely captured the right energy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think it was it was actually later on in the book where there were some characters like Jughead's dog, whose name I forget, hot, and hot dog, hot dog, <laughs> Mister Weatherby, and some of those other like secondary characters where it's like the later artists did manage to like, oh man, this is spot on yeah. rendering of this particular <laughs> character. I particularly mm-hmm. liked how the teachers were handled as um, maybe even more so than the teenagers. The original character designs are like extremely caricature. They have these oh, like bizarre yeah. noses and like you know <laughs> more more so than. Yeah, others, but uh, it was a nice job kind of translating these features into these more kind of realistic looking humans, but still with kind of a cartoony flair to it. Yeah, instantly recognizable yeah. for me, which yeah. I, I appreciated. It was nice. Oh, also, I kind of like how they introduced a new spelling of Professor Flute Snoot. Oh. <laughs> yes, I was going to bring that up. Flute Snoot. Should we do final thoughts? Sure. sure. Just like, would you recommend it? Sure. I would definitely recommend this book. Uh, I had a lot of fun reading it. I think as we've discussed, it probably works better if you've read some Archie before. But if you've never read Archie before, it's worth a try. It worked for me. So give it a try. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm bummed out we actually didn't get to talk about the uh, mayoral election, which I thought was like disturbingly <laughs> prescient for today's <laughs> time, time and place. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I would say like if you are... An Archie fan, you should definitely read this. It's great. If you have never read Archie before, it might seem a little weird, but I don't know, give it a shot. It's like, I think it's pretty well done. So, but uh, I think if, if you have some Archie nostalgia, I think that'll make it even better. Yeah, um, I would definitely recommend this to um, a pretty wide range of people. Anybody who likes the show, um, who likes the old comics, or who likes Fiona Staples. Yeah, I think um, for most people, yeah, it's it's really enjoyable and really successful. It's actually funny, though. Can I add, like, a final note? Of course. Um, when I was going through all these reviews, the reason people really loved it uh, was also the reason people didn't like it. If they didn't like it, they would say, I love old Archie. This is not similar enough to old Archie. Or, I love Fiona Staples, but she's only in the first, like, three issues, so she wasn't in it enough. Or, I love the show, but it's not similar enough to, like, I don't know, the show or something like that. It was like often the same, like parallel but opposite reasons. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'd say I liked it too. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of just like a broken record here. But uh, but um, yeah, I would recommend it, especially, for, yeah, especially to classic Archie fans. And maybe I'm really actually interested. Um, the reaction of like actual children to this that i mean i understand it's been received well uh, but that's i wish we had at our table like a 10 year old who hasn't hasn't either grown up or not grown up with with archie yeah i'll echo that like i i thoroughly enjoyed this and i think it's a a great addition to the pantheon of like young adult comics that are out there now mm-hmm. i think if you have a younger reader and you're looking for something to recommend to them that's lighthearted and maybe a little bit more relationship slice of life based versus uh, mm-hmm. the kind of fantasy that tends to be the dominant genre. Uh, yeah, this is a great recommend. It's very lighthearted and fun. Yeah, I'd almost even say like middle grade readers versus yeah. young adult because it's mm. pretty yeah. it's pretty fluffy. Yeah, um, and like yeah. I feel like it would serve the same audience as the original. Yeah, Archie stuff, but like I mean. Obviously, I liked this book. I would, <laughs> I would absolutely recommend it. Um, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should get this for my brother. <laughs> I think he'd get a kick out of it too. But yeah, it's it's just fun. It's just 
fun. And just to take off of what Jam said, I hope that this book is available in places where that audience will find it. Because if it's hidden away in comic book stores, probably won't. Uh, and I haven't done any research to know, like, is this in school libraries? Is this in regular libraries? Um, is it in, like, big bookstores? If it's in those places... It's not Scholastic, because Scholastic is a specific publisher. Okay. It won't yeah. be in Scholastic. Um, but if it's not in those places, that audience won't find it because they go to the supermarket, but they don't go to the comic book store unless someone takes them there. I agree. I'll say that, um, yeah, like Jem, Jem mentioned too, the accessibility of Archie as a kid was a huge factor in getting me into it. And I'll report this definitely is in mainstream bookstores because that's where I picked up a copy. Good. And I've also found out that Archie now has like a distribution deal with regular bookstores. Oh, nice. Um, with another publisher, so I think, yeah, I think that's a, I always like to see Good. comics. Good. More comics to the people. Comics yeah. Yeah. Kids can I guess, yeah. yeah, just one final thought is, like, it's nice to see how Archie has evolved over the years as well, because I feel like, I don't know, like, five, five, ten, almost even ten years ago, like, like, they really had a shift where they started to do, like, life with Archie, yeah. afterlife with Archie, like, all of these new things, and I think that's probably what is helped keep kept them relevant beyond just um supermarket shelves and stuff like like that's the that's the gateway but then like you get into the other things too um as like supplementary material to this episode there's actually a really great sneaky dragon episode with dan parent that talk who draws like a lot of archie who talks like about the company and sort of like the shifts and the things that he was drawing that I can go oh. dig up for you guys, and we can maybe put it in the link. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Love to listen to that at the end. That one slipped past. Me. It's it's an it's an oldie. It's probably like seven years old. Oh wow! Or okay. something like six yeah. or seven years old. Yeah, but I know them losing the uh, Sonic license was also a yeah a huge shift at Archie uh, as a publisher because Archie hmm. published the Sonic comics as well. Yeah, which has mm-hmm. been like another like childhood staple, very very long running series. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Interesting comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's do uh, tell us who you are and you can do and where to find you on the internet and a shout out okay. something you've been reading. Okay, uh, I'm Jonathan. You can find my work at uh, phobos comic.com. Uh, and I'm going to shout out Delilah Dirk and the Pillars of Hercules by Tony Cliff, which I just finished reading. And it is my favorite of the Delilah Dirk series yet. And I like all of them very much. It just keeps getting better and better. I'm. Jeff Ellis. You can find my work at uh, eastvancomic.com. That's my latest stuff I've been working on. My name's Jess. You can find my work at jesspollard.squarespace.com. And uh, we were talking about it earlier. I would recommend the H. Chom book by Marion Churchland. But if you can get a physical copy, I strongly recommend doing that. Uh, last I checked my Amazon copy, there was a problem with the double page spreads, which is most, almost most of the comic. Um, it might have been fixed, but uh, yeah. I recommend the physical copy. It's very beautiful. I'm Kathleen. Um, you can find my work at bvbcomix.com. I do comic called Band vs. Band. I would like to shout out the book We're Still Here, an all-trans comic anthology uh, published by Stack Deck Press this year. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And I like to think I'm you know, up on what's going on in uh, queer comics. But this, this book really impressed me with like the sheer number of previously unpublished artists and new voices that that was my first introduction to their work and it's yeah it was something special and different 
fantastic. That's in my queue. Oh, nice. Uh, my name is Jam. Don't worry about searching for me. My work will find you when you least expect it. Yep. Ooh, constant uh, enigma. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I've been rereading Veroni Kenshin Ooh. and other old school manga, and I heard that Shonen Jump is going to have a new subscription system where for $1.99 you can have access to all their back catalog. Yeah, it's wild. Wow. Yeah, all of yeah. Dragon Ball, all of One Piece, all of Naruto. That's amazing. Wow. Strongly yeah. considering it. I mean, <laughs> what? I there's nothing to Naruto lose. Again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> $1.99? Pretty good deal. So, manga. Cool. Think about it. Um, <laughs> I'm Kay Gross, and much like Kathleen Jacks, my website does have to be spelled on air. Um, you can find my work at kagcomix.com, and I'm going to shout out the series Softer by James Brandy. You can find it online. She's updating this comic every day in December until the end of the month, and it's real fun. The Trade Waiters is presented by Cloudscape Comics. Thank you to Cloudscape for letting us record in the house. <laughs> you can find us at tradewaiters.tumblr.com as well as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening! <laughs>